Yes, hello out there, everyone, and welcome back to None But the Brave, a presentation of Evergreen Podcasts. I am Hal Schwartz, and as always, I'm here with my great buddy, Flynn McLean, and we're going to start the show tonight with some cool performance news. Bruce showed up with Bleachers at Radio City Music Hall last Tuesday night, July 26th. I love the song that they did, Chinatown, and he looked and sounded great. Flynn, what did you think? Yeah, I love the song, too, and uh, going by the YouTube video, see, Bruce was ecstatic to be there and and the guys in the band they looked like they were having a blast too and they just look good I, I wish i had been there but actually it had slipped off my radar yeah that would have been a good one to see i saw bleachers out here at the forum about a month ago and i thought the show was fantastic and clearly one of the great moments of jack antonoff's life i think that is very fair to say <laughs> yeah when they were on saturday Night live uh when was it last year or so and he was walking a fine line between homage and, and parody, and uh, obviously, going by his face at this performance, it was definitely homage. Everybody looked like they were having a blast, and that's that's the key. And Bruce, he really looks tour-ready. <laughs> that he does. And with that, let's talk about what's going on with this tour. As we know, they sold some tickets, and as we talked about in the last episode, there were major issues. Now, the fan base has been very inflamed over this. Should I just read Landau's statement in full so that we have it? Yes, go ahead. Okay, so John Landau, Bruce's manager, gave the following statement to the New York Times. In pricing tickets for this tour, we look carefully at what our peers have been doing. We chose prices that are lower than some and on par with others. Regardless of the commentary about a modest number of tickets costing $1,000 or more, our true average ticket price has been in the mid $200 range. I believe in today's environment, that is a fair price to see someone universally regarded as among the very greatest artists of his generation. Okay, little tone deaf there, Mr. Landau. Well, I guess the fact that these tickets are almost double what they were last time, even at the even at those base prices, is should have been acknowledged in in some in some fashion there. I think, without even saying. Yes, we know they're higher than last time, but this is what the market and the current concert industry standards are. I think by omitting that, he really didn't do it, did not do him any favors. From a PR standpoint, I don't think it was an effective statement for the fan base, but there's a lot to unpack here. And the one thing I give him credit for is he didn't try and pass it off on someone else. As we know, there's a lot of the fan base who thinks Bruce can do no wrong. <laughs> and it's all Ticketmaster's fault. He took credit for it. He didn't say Ticketmaster duped us or whatever theory you would spin. He said, we priced the tickets. And we know that artists and promoters together working priced the tickets. He took full responsibility for it. So on that, I, I give him credit. The other thing is, as we had talked about on this show with the use of dynamic pricing by many other artists, some of what he said actually is true. Where they went wrong, in my opinion, is by not having a cap on the amount that the dynamically priced tickets could go to. And we saw that in the first set of sales. Now, I will say, even though it was unspoken, it did appear to me and I think to other people the five shows that went on sale for New York last Friday, where we could have seen absolutely insane prices based on what we saw in Florida, definitely there was some kind of cap put on the tickets. Now, there were certainly some very high-priced tickets for the five New York shows, 
but it seemed to me they were fewer in number and capped around $2,000. So that's high, but nothing like the $3,000, $4,000, even $5,000 seats we saw the first week. What do you think? I didn't see any tickets actually at any price. I, I was able to get in immediately and ma- make the purchase that I wanted to make. And I didn't, I wasn't looking at after I purchased my tickets, to be perfectly honest. People were very vocal after the Tampa sale about how much the uh, about the tickets were. And I didn't see any any similar post or commentary on, about ticket prices at the Garden along 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 those lines. I think they were more in in line with what you were saying about nothing over two thousand that that came out in the first few minutes. Now, two thousand dollar tickets are incredibly expensive as well. Nobody is saying otherwise. But what I said last week in regards to the Rolling Stones. Those bands generally have a few very high price tickets. And then most of the platinum tickets seem to fall between 800 and around $1,000, maybe a little bit more. Now, I know people are saying they're offended by those numbers as well. But there's a big difference between having an $800 prime seat by the stage, which I actually saw at Belmont when I went into the sale and $4,400 seats as Backstreet's highlighted in the middle of the floor, not even good seats in Tampa. So it does appear that some change was made. Now, is that change going to satisfy the fan base completely? Clearly not. But what I will say is they created a totally self-inflicted wound for themselves, in my opinion, because they have had headlines about $5,000 Bruce Springsteen tickets coming off the initial sales that didn't need to happen. You're not seeing those headlines from the New York sales because there were no $5,000 tickets in those sales. And it's just inexplicable to me that they allowed that situation to occur and they they took a big hit for it. And, and rightfully so. What What went on with the Florida sales and the, and the sales that went the, a day or two after that, it was it was just crazy. And again, I'm not in any way saying that a $2,000 ticket is not expensive or ridiculous, because clearly it is, but that's a smaller number of tickets, a much smaller number of tickets in the sales we saw on Friday. And in fact, from what I see on Friday, correct me if I'm wrong, A lot of people did get in, as you did at the Garden, and get tickets at face value. Now, at a certain point, the Platinum kicked in again, but it did seem some course correction was made. Do you uh, agree with that? I do. I agree with that 100%. I was expecting, after the Tampa $5,000 debacle, that the the tickets at the Garden were going to be up to $10,000, if not even $15,000. And so I was very, very relieved, actually, to, to not see those prices at, at the Garden or, or Prudential. Right now, it seems like Prudential and Newark and the Garden have the most expensive tickets uh, thus far. I think there's a $2,000 GA at, at GAs available for, for both arenas. Yeah, especially the Garden. There's just no way of fully understanding what the demand is for one Saturday night show at the Garden. It's clearly immense. So in the world we live in, they're taking advantage of it with the dynamic pricing, but the garden is 
more in line, as we say, with other artists than what we had seen the week before. And I think as I thought about this since we did the first show and there's been a lot of reaction and, and the fan base is so upset, to me, I've really looked at what I think the problem is here is, and to be totally honest, it, it really starts with the verified fan, which is a huge mistake to use because... There should not be Bruce Springsteen fans who are told they are not even allowed to look for tickets. And once that system is in place, I think it's having several impacts, which is skewing the market even further. Okay. Why do you, why do you think it's skewing the market there? Well, number one, as we know, Pearl Jam, U2, Dave Matthews, all have fan clubs. The Rolling Stones have a mechanism where they have a pre-sale for their fans. Pearl Jam did use verified fan this year, but with one very large difference. By the time the verified sale took place, they had already conducted a fan club sale where hundreds of thousands of people got tickets in prime areas for $150. And all those people didn't have to worry about getting tickets during the verified fan sale. So those acts say to their fans, their biggest fans, who they identify through these fan clubs, we are going to give you priority access to tickets. And it's a wonderful thing. I've used it for Pearl Jam for years. I've used it for U2 for years. You've also participated in the U2 fan club sales. Here with Bruce, they are literally saying, I didn't get a code for verified fan. Now, I'm not saying I'm special and I should get a code, but if the idea is you're a verified fan of the artist, well, no, who could be more verified than me and many other people in the same boat because they're actually not verifying that, hey, you're a Springsteen fan. They're just verifying supposedly that you're not a bot and it's totally random from there. Many, many Springsteen fans don't get codes and they're locked out of even trying to buy a ticket. Now, I, obviously, it's a philosophical thing. It's just really two different ways of looking at it by these acts. But how can anyone say that Bruce's way of locking out some of his biggest fans is the right way to go? Well, I want to comment first off on what you said about about fan clubs regarding those other bands that you mentioned, is that not only do you get priority to get the best tickets, you also get them at a reasonable price. So you're, they're not spending $800, right? They're spending normal, about 200 or so, yes? Certainly for Pearl Jam, for the YouTube fan club, it's a little bit different. As you remember, we went into Ticketmaster, but everything was there. You could have bought a GA for $80. You could have bought a Red Zone ticket for $350 in most cases. They gave you the option. Certainly, if you wanted a cheaper ticket, it was there for you. So you still had the possibility of buying a good t ticket at a reasonable price for your favorite band, which is correct, which is, you know, the utopia <laughs> of our existence. Whereas with Bruce, the fact that you had to sign up for a lottery ticket and from what I could tell, there was literally no weight given to people who had previously purchased Springsteen tickets. As you said, you didn't get a code. And how many Springsteen tickets have you bought in your life? I mean, you must be up to the hundreds, if not thousands. Right. And, and I actually 
I don't know how much I want to admit here, but we I did set up another Ticketmaster account with with a different phone number. This this account had never purchased a Springsteen ticket ever. It gets a verified code. Me, I get waitlisted. My main Ticketmaster account gets waitlisted, and so that just that doesn't make any sense. So, and I don't even know how it verifies that people aren't bots. It just verifies that you have a cell phone, and. That's all it verifies is that you have a cell phone and that you entered X number of cities that you wanted to attend. There's, it's a lottery ticket, and it was the the non cynical side of me wants to say, okay, so they're limiting the number of people who can purchase tickets to each concert so that they can limit the server impact on it. They can limit how much stress the server takes when they, when they go on sale at, on Ticketmaster.com, but. That's probably very naive and uh, a little too innocent on my part. So I think it's just a way of gauging interest or gauging demand for these shows. And I think as as what you were going to get to is that it figures into their the legendary Ticketmaster algorithm for their dynamic pricing. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King in Off-Road Minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Mods to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media. Yeah, let's look at the various ways this is impacting things now. Number one, the amount of stress that is put on fans trying to get tickets for Springsteen is quite frankly ridiculous if you're a big fan. I've seen Pearl Jam 10 times since last September, and I'm not joking about this. It took me a grand total of maybe 30 minutes to get every ticket that I've seen Pearl Jam this year. When Pearl Jam played Ohana last year, it was incredible. They gave us codes. We went in before anyone else. We bought whatever we wanted, VIP, GA, anything you wanted, you bought. On the tour itself, I filed a form. I got tickets to all but one show that I wanted. In every location, I had either a prime seat because of my seniority in the fan club, or I was in the pit, which is 10 club only. So their complete lack of stress, nothing. They just ask where we want to go, and if they can fill your order, you get a ticket. And, and as Flynn points out, at the base price. Bruce, they're causing a frenzy. Now, are they doing it in, on purpose to manipulate the sales? Is it just a byproduct of the system? That we don't know. But what we do know for sure is that it is freaking people out to no end. And that is causing, Flynn just said he created another ticket master account. Everyone is doing that. I everyone is having their brother, their their friends, 
And you're entitled to do that. My brother has as much right to try for Springsteen tickets as I do, or Flynn does. And it's an open lottery. And he got verified and I didn't. And he has bought maybe five Springsteen tickets in his life. And, and I've certainly bought hundreds. So this is all impacting the process. And I have no doubt that what took place in Tampa and some of these other shows before they limited it, they create a frenzy with a verified fan. Every big fan reaches out to everyone they know to ask them to try and get a code. And so the demand for these shows is completely illusory, even though there's no question there is huge demand for Bruce Springsteen, the Street Band, but you're getting 10 entries for every big Springsteen fan, perhaps. And then on top of that, let's face reality. If the fans are doing this, how many accounts do you think brokers have? Do you really think that this verified fan nonsense is stopping a professional ticket broker when the tickets are worth this much? It's absolutely ridiculous. The whole thing, in my opinion, is a huge failure. Verified fans should be scrapped and never used again. It's only being used by a small number of artists at this point. I did the Rolling Stone sale. I don't recall any verified fan sale there. Pearl Jam did use it, as I said, but only after the fan club had already gotten their tickets. And th this is just, it, it's crazy. People should not have to go through what they're going through to get tickets. And I understand there are way more people that want tickets than can buy tickets. But there are proven methods for the biggest fans to get tickets. And U2 is a much bigger touring artist than Bruce all around the world. And they used a fan club and everyone got tickets quite easily. So we know Bruce doesn't have a fan club. It's unlikely he's going to have one anytime soon. But that is a glaring issue in this process as these things have developed. So what what can he do? I mean, there's he he's put himself in this corner without having any kind of fan club, and unless he recruits Backstreets Magazine and to help them help them with their subscriber roles, there's just it's just not going to change, and that's he's just we're just going to have more of this whenever there's an arena tour, because I don't think he's going to do it for a stadium tour, because I was thinking about this earlier. If in August in September of this year, there could be what up to twenty stadium shows. They're going to try to Something sell one million. Like right, they're going to try to sell one million tickets, and they're not going to, with those kinds of numbers, they're not going to do this verified fan crap. But no, I highly doubt it. Right, but but the next time there's an arena tour, arena leg in the United States, we're going to do this crap, and we're going to go through all of this again, and it's just going to be a real pain in the ass, and just leaves a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths, even if. Or they'll even say, screw it, I'm not going to go for it, and he can, and Bruce can F off. We discussed this with some people on Twitter, and some people were against the fan club idea. The reality is this. The proof is in the pudding. I hate to use a cliche like that, but it is the truth. Pearl Jam is a massive touring act. Massive. Their U.S. arena shows are an incredibly hot ticket. Their show at the Garden on September 11th is going to be equally as hot, if not hotter, than Bruce's single show there. And they have found a way to make it work for years, for years. And this is just completely unnecessary, in my opinion. It's not going to change, and you're 100% correct. Anytime he does arena dates, 
we're going to go through this. But I would say just let the tickets out there. Don't use this verified fan nonsense. Let every fan at least have an opportunity to try. The use of the waiting room limits things anyway. So it's not like suddenly brokers are just going to rush in and be able to snap up every ticket. That's not doable anymore because of the waiting room. So they already have that level of security in there where they're slowing things down and they're changing the way the sale works than it did in the past. I just don't see any reason for this verified fan, except it, they're deriving a tremendous amount of data from it. And they're using that data. Really, I think the right word is weaponizing that data. <laughs> That's true. Well, let's, can we compare it to the four non-Ticketmaster shows? Sure. Uh, was was it Brooklyn, Cleveland, Philadelphia, and there's one more Houston. than in Houston. which one? In Houston. Houston. I mean, they did not do a verif verified fan type anything. So in those, they didn't have any trouble selling those out. Obviously, they actually went quicker. And I remember Philadelphia actually they tried to make it as big as possible by saying this is the demand for Springsteen tickets are historically unprecedented. So basically. There's never been more demand for a show in Philadelphia than Bruce Springsteen in next March. And and that's a, it, that's in a city that had that hosted Live Aid. And so whether that's I, actually true or not <laughs> um, is up to debate. But they made the statement and they really try to make themselves increase the frenzy. I think they really owe it to the fans to speak to some other acts and try and come up with a solution to avoid some of these issues the next time. Dynamic pricing is not going away. We know that. Pearl Jam is using dynamic pricing, as we've discussed the Stones, McCartney, Arcade Fire. I want to go see Jackson Brown here in Los Angeles, and I went and looked, and the seats there are dynamically priced, the good seats. They're almost $1,000 for Jackson Brown. Now, I'm not going to pay that. Either the price is going to drop or someone else will buy that ticket, whatever works for me. And this is this is what's happening with this process. And in almost all these shows, as we've said before, patience is a virtue and, and prices fall and there's constantly tickets coming out. So that's just the environment we're in. But they've got to do something. I don't know if Backstreet's is the answer. I doubt that it is. First of all, there are many people who never subscribe to Backstreet's or don't post on BTX. You can't penalize those people now for not knowing that, hey, someday posting on BTX is going to help you get tickets. I didn't, hold but on. I didn't say that. <laughs> no, <laughs> I know. As long as you're know, a Backstreet Magazine subscriber. Yeah. Some people have suggested that that they could use some form of, uh, of that. Clearly, that's not going to work. Even I don't think the subscription is going to work because, again, why penalize people who didn't know about it? Well, but it's it's the only thing that that's even a remote possibility in terms of making sure the biggest fans get get the or some of the biggest fans get the opportunity to purchase tickets. I didn't say it was the only answer or the ultimate answer. Right. Well, and I did see, which I was very surprised about, the Badlands group in the UK got their own pre-sale. Okay. And see now, okay, what about that? What's the difference there? I have no idea. I mean, I was shocked when I heard that. I think in that case, the promoter. I think it was for Hyde Park and the other stadium shows there. And as you were just saying, when it comes to stadium shows, they really want to 
get as many people looking for tickets as possible, which is why it's unlikely they'll use the verified fan. They're not going to stop people from looking for tickets in a stadium show. That would be completely the wrong <laughs> business decision on their end. They're going to have, as you pointed out, 50,000 tickets a show to move. I suspect something like that played into it in the UK. But yeah, there's answers out there. There's no reason to put the fan base through this process. The Springsteen process, and excuse my language, it sucks. And I say that people will say, well, you're going to go to any show you want or whatever. And look, you and I are going to see shows. We're not denying that. And you have tickets to the garden, the hottest show on the face of the planet. It's, it, it really is not just about us. And for us and for everyone else, the process just sucks. It sucks. And they have to do something to improve it. Totally agree. It's this kind of drama and this kind of hand wringing is just it's it's not fun. It, it sucks. Seeing Bruce Springsteen in concert is supposed to be an amazing experience, and they're just sucking the fun out of it. To, to quote my wife, and something needs to change. I don't know what it is. Supposedly, these are Bruce has the best people on the planet working for him, or at least they they work with some of the greatest promoters on the planet, smartest promoters. Surely they can figure something out. It's not our jobs to to sell tickets, but they can figure it out without with and do it in a way that doesn't feel like you're you're screwing your your longtime fans. Just just so frustrating. Talk to you too. If you too has figured it out, they've got a system that Bruce can implement. That's just a fact. So you two, along with the Stones, is the biggest touring attraction. Of our lifetimes, there it's it, those two, and I know now there there are a couple of others. Ed Sheeran, of course, has had a very very lengthy tour that has been very successful. But you two and the Stones for decades have been just incredible touring operations. And Bruce comes close, not to those two, because of course he doesn't play worldwide like those two bands do, South America and Asia and all those other places like we've talked about before. But Bruce has got a major, major operation with some of the best people in the business. And yes, they have to figure this out. There's just, why would they want this? They've been bashed for days on end now. And the, the thing about it is you're seeing it from people who you would never expect to see this level of criticism from. Chris uh, from Backstreets has had numerous tweets pointing out how insane the ticket prices are. He has highlighted commentaries that have been written on the ticketing fiasco. This is not what anyone wants. Clearly, and and I don't presume to speak for Chris, but I know because we know him and he runs a magazine for many years that is dedicated to Springsteen fandom. Nobody wants to be talking about this. We didn't want to do a show where we basically ranted and raved about the ticketing for 20 minutes. We wanted to talk about the, yeah, we wanted to talk about the Paris archives. So they've got to fix this. And I don't know if they listen to us and there's probably not going to be another sale with arenas for a while because we know the stadiums are next. But the next time this comes around, get rid of the verified fan and let's come up with a way to make it easier so that it's just not that stressful a process. Again, it doesn't have to be that way. That's a proven fact. Well, they seem to enjoy making the fans jump through hoops. I mean, just over the last 20, 23 years, 
everything just seems to point to let's make the fans work as hard as they possibly can to get these tickets. And, and except for a few shows in 2009, um, every ticket has, every show has been a challenge, at least in the Northeast. And I'm not holding my breath for anything to change. I'd like to be proven wrong, but uh, I'm not foreseeing that. I don't know why the other acts seem to prize making it easy for their biggest fans. And Bruce seems to prize making it as difficult as possible. Yeah, you would think that taking care of your longtime loyal customers would be the best business model. But apparently Bruce Inc. does not see that as as the way forward. Certainly every other band does, even even the Stones, you know. I, yeah, you I, know, I just I, don't know what to say. You know, I, I, I go to Dunkin' Donuts like every day. I get a free drink. You know, I, I see Bruce X number of times on a concert, uh, on a tour, rather. I don't get any priority. So it's, there's, something, there's something going on there that should not be. There's a lot of arguments back and forth against some of these systems. The seniority system used by Pearl Jam it has had some issues over the years, but they have solved that. The reason why they went to GA is so that they could mix it up and the fans who were not a senior would have a chance to get to the front of the stage because what happened for many years in Pearl Jam, which was great for me, admittedly, the most senior fans, I, I went to a show. I was literally third row, fifth row. It was, it was the most incredible thing ever. Uh, five seconds filling out a form and I'm at the show in the third row. They had to change that eventually because time went on and more people were joining and we all understood that. Nobody said a word when they sent us an email and said, Hey, look guys, all the people who've been sitting in the front for all these years, we're going to have to move you now and you're still going to be in great seats, but you're going to be on the side or you can participate in the lottery for the pit like everyone else. Nobody complained because everyone knew they had gotten such a great thing for so long. And it, it's it's the respect, the, the Pearl Jam. And it's funny because when we had the Backstreet's guys on last year, Charlie made this point that originally the 10 Club operation was really based on Backstreet's. And I believe that. And there's just such respect for the fans. I'm not saying Bruce doesn't respect his fans. He does and I've been lucky to meet him a number of times. He's been nothing but great with me. I know you feel the same way. And in fact, I I've never heard of a fan having an encounter with him where he's been anything other than warm and gracious. But we have to understand for a lot of people right now, the bond has been damaged over what's happened with these tickets. And it really doesn't need to be that way. Yeah, Bruce wants to have an ongoing conversation with his fans. And this kind of conversation is not productive. No, I guess you could look at the last couple of weeks and say maybe again they're they actually are enjoying it because all over the world headlines are Bruce Springsteen tickets are so hard to get that they're five thousand dollars. Is there a way that they could actually be thinking like that? I'm sure there's a part of it, but they cannot be enjoying seeing so many people who have spent so much time listening to Bruce's music and caring about his music just really, really upset. We know people who claim they're not going. Now, I don't fully believe that myself, <laughs> and time will tell, but there are a lot of very upset people at the moment. Oh, that is absolutely true. Just go on BTX. You got, uh, I feel like, a few dozen new threads a day bashing Bruce and and his management and Ticketmaster and 
It's getting kind of getting kind of redundant at this point, but people are pissed. I think by the time the shows roll around, temperatures will have cooled off. I think Bruce is going to do great shows. I think we're going to love the shows. And hopefully everyone who wants to go is going to get a chance to go. Doesn't necessarily mean your exact venue, because we know some people are not getting to go to the garden. But I think overall, people will be able to get into the shows. I've seen this before with other acts. And I, and I do believe in most of the markets, the price is going to fall. And in certain cases, we're seeing it already. So our advice to everyone is just hang in there. And our hope is that 2023 is going to be an awesome year for Springsteen fans. <laughs> That's a good plan. So uh, let's wrap this one up and hope you don't have to talk about tickets for uh, for a long while. Yeah, that's for sure. And we'll be back next week with a look at the August archive. So look out for that. And with that, none but the bravest presentation of Bull Market Entertainment. We're a part of Evergreen Podcasts on Twitter with NBTB Podcast on the web, nonebutthebravepodcast.com. So for Hal Schwartz, I'm Flynn McLean saying thanks for listening, and we'll see you further on up the road, hopefully. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to Something About the Beatles, now at Evergreen and wherever you get your podcasts.